0: Welcome to the Trinity Grace Church Tribeca podcast. At Trinity Grace Church, our mission is to help New Yorkers grow in love by practicing the way of Jesus for the good of our city. If you're interested in Trinity Grace Church Tribeca, check out our website at tgctribeca.com where you can learn more about us and learn about ways that you can help support our church and this podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook to see and hear what's going on in our community. Thank you for joining us today and welcome, grace and peace to you. reading from Galatians chapter 3 verses 23 through 29. Now before faith came we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed and therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come we're no longer subject to a disciplinarian for in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ, there's no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male or female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And if you would stand with me for the gospel reading, do I have a gospel reader? Thank you.
1: This text comes from Luke 8, 26 through 37, excuse me. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him and they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. This is the gospel of our Lord.
2: if you will stand once again as you are able and pray with me. You're going to get your wish, Michael. (laughs)
3: Let us pray. Lord, I will lift my
2: be seated. So good morning and welcome Trinity Grace Tribeca. Good morning. Good morning. morning. (laughs) Now, I don't mean to freak you out as we open here, but I got to tell you that being with you right now is like a dream come true. You see, just three years ago, I was teaching and living here at General Seminary the Dean, Kurt Dunkel, can attest to this. Um, And as I sat here, he won't be surprised to know that when I would sit in the chapel, I always wondered, what if like a hundred or more people were here praising God in this chapel? And there was vibrant contemporary worship and a drum kit next to the altar. Okay, I never imagined that actually. (laughs) But seriously, Did you know that this was the first Episcopal seminary in America? For more than 150 years, this school, this chapel, has trained people in in how to worship in an upright and proper manner. I figured that even as we sit right now, there's some bishop or scholar rolling in his grave saying, they can't do that in the chapel! (laughs) But we can, and we just did, amen? All right, so don't get me wrong. I love our traditions. I love the history. I am an episcopal priest, a, a canon, and that just means that I work directly below a bishop, um, kind of as an extension of the bishop's ministry. Specifically, I am canon to the presiding bishop of the whole Episcopal Church, Michael Curry. Did anybody see the royal wedding by any chance? A few maybe you heard about the guy who preached that. that's my boss. Um, So he's the bishop for the whole Episcopal Church, so I'm definitely what you call an institution person. (laughs) But I also know that something has to shift. Amen? Amen? I'm going to be asking for these all day long, okay? (laughs) On the one hand, our crusty old traditions need to be softened and refreshed. Meanwhile, newer churches like yours long to be rooted in something that stood the test of time. We need each other. We need the divisions to collapse so that we can discover more of God on the other side of the wall. I think that's what's happening here this morning, this very moment. With Trinity Grace making its prayer here at General Theological Seminary, it's like One of those signs of the kingdom that you dream of. That's why I have to just say alleluia right now. And so I invite you to just turn to your neighbor and say to your neighbor, alleluia. God is here. And turn to your other neighbor and say, alleluia. God is here. All right. You know, it's kind of what Paul was holding out to us in Galatians 3, the reading that we just heard when he says, and I need to warn you that this is the Stephanie New Revised Version, so you will not find what I'm about to say in a book. (laughs) If you've been baptized into Christ, clothed yourselves with Christ, then the game has changed. There is no longer Jews against Greeks, male against female, free up high, slaves down low. All of you, are one in Christ. Nobody is more or less valued. Nobody gets to lord it over anybody else. Maybe that's the way of the world, but it won't fly in God's house. If you belong to Christ, then you are all Abraham's offspring. You are all heirs of the promise. You are all beloved children of God the only way you're getting to heaven is together. Amen? Amen. Now there is a word for this kind of movement that Paul describes here, and that word is reconciliation. Say that word with me. So reconciliation is actually the deep wisdom that Jesus lived, died, and rose again to teach us. Our Lord was all about knitting together what had been broken, And when you see that movement today, when you see oppositions reconciled, wounds healed, hierarchies torn down, the lowly lifted up, you know you're seeing the movement of the spirit of Christ. You're seeing beloved community. You're witnessing the dream of God. Now that doesn't erase difference. Hear me now. Differences are a part of what makes God's creation so wondrous, but those differences don't make one group superior and one group inferior. They don't pit us against each other. In beloved community, there's differentiation, but not domination. I'm gonna repeat that. In beloved community, there is differentiation but not domination. Can I get an amen for that? All right. Maybe you're like me. I wish to God that the spirit of beloved community of reconciliation would sweep over this nation today. Seems like everywhere we look, there's heartbreaking division and hierarchy between the haves and the have-nots, between white and Latino. Asian and black, native and mixed, LGBTQ and straight, it's rich against poor, evangelical against liturgical, progressive against conservative. Good God, y'all. It seems like right now the walls are thicker than they have ever been in my lifetime, and maybe yours too. Some days... The only way I can keep going is remembering that this may be the way of the world, but it is not the dream of God. We know that because Jesus showed us what God's dream looks like. It seems like every time that brother saw a line within the human family, he crossed it. Jesus gathered an alternative community, one that honors the ones who are usually on the bottom. Where the ones with more than enough share so that everybody has just enough. Where tax collectors and prostitutes are just as faithful as the religious elite, maybe more. It was a powerful, boundary-crossing, beloved community that tried to heal and teach and love and pray and sacrifice just like Jesus. And all by the power of his spirit. Now, a community like this was scandalous. And please don't ever pretend otherwise. Remember that in the ancient Near Eastern world, dividing lines were the name of the game. It was men over women, the freed over slaves, adults over children, the educated over the unschooled, rich over poor, Jews over here, Samaritans over there, people with a physical or mental disability, Way over there, the able-bodied and right-minded, in here. The holy and pure held close. The unholy shut up and shut out. These hierarchies and divisions marked every part of your life in Jesus' world. God was, was actually even seen as the one who ordained that order. And you were crazy if you said otherwise. You were dangerous or contaminated if you crossed those lines. And yet Jesus did. Again and again. In in Luke chapter 8, the gospel we heard, we see this man possessed by demons. Likely it means that he was suffering some mental illness. And he's been banished to the edge The brother is naked and living in the tombs. But Jesus drew him out. He healed him, restored him to community. And the people, they couldn't deal. They could not deal. They tried to get Jesus to leave. Now, some of them were mad because he sent the pigs over the cliff. Okay. (laughs) But if you look At Luke 8, 37, you'll realize that they weren't just angry. They were scared. They didn't know what to do with the spirit power that crosses over like this. And they wanted Jesus gone because he had collapsed the wall, healed the breach, brought the contaminated one back in. Y'all, this is what the power of God in Christ does everywhere, every day. It shatters every dividing wall that you or I could possibly put up and it knits us back into the human family into this beloved community of God a community where there is yearning for relationship not fear of contamination where there is differentiation but not domination y'all that's the heart of the good news it is the deep wisdom of Jesus So why don't Christian communities act like it? Why don't our neighbors picture a boundary-crossing beloved community when they picture Christians? I'll be honest with you, for most of my life, I didn't. I grew up in Kentucky, and I, I was surrounded by evangelical churches. And their love for Jesus and their generosity and their warmth drew me in. But i got to tell you that their exclusion of certain people, the rigid maintenance of walls, the hypocrisy, I couldn't find Jesus in it. My friend Meg, she had these super religious parents, and they welcomed me into their house for years. I would come over for show choir practice, and Meg and I would hang in the basement. And it was all good until the day that Meg came to school in tears. And she was crying because she said that her parents had told her that they could no longer abide that black child coming into their home. That they could not abide me and Meg being friends. No more visits to their Christian household. But it wasn't just race. My best friend in college was William he came out as gay our freshman year and his parents told him don't come home for christmas and so my mama said you bring that boy to our house for christmas cuz stephanie and i'll never forget she said you got to learn to color with every crayola in the box if you leave half the colors in that box you're going to miss out on a lot Mama was teaching me something the church of my youth did not. She knew those divisions that the church had built were not actually the will of God. And she didn't quote Galatians, but I reckon she could have. She could have said, Stephanie, in Christ there is no longer Jew against Greek, one race against the other, male over female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. But the church that I knew didn't get that message. And it wasn't just the evangelicals. Hear me now. I remember the first time I entered an Episcopal church. It was around 1997. And I was captivated. Absolutely captivated. By the beauty, the mystery, the holiness, the openness, the thoughtfulness. But there were these divisions everywhere. Classism and elitism dripped from the rafters. This was a church full of fancy vestments and fancy rituals and prayers out of a book with $10 words. And I was a working class girl from a black single parent household in Kentucky. They didn't want me. They didn't know me. So I kept my distance until it happened. One day, in the year 2000, I was visiting a friend right here in New York City. And she was singing in a service at St. John the Divine, the cathedral up at 110th Street. And I remember walking in and being overwhelmed, awed, humbled. All the things that spaces like this are supposed to inspire in you. I remember feeling at once drawn and alienated. I thought, this is beautiful, this is holy, and this is not my house. And then they sang it.
3: Lord, I will lift mine eyes to the hills, knowing My help is coming from you. You are the source of my strength. to you. A trio
2: stepped up at the Cathedral Church of St. John the Divine. And that song rose from their lips and inside I fell to my knees singing
3: Amen Amen Join me, amen, amen. One more time, amen, amen. That was total praise. A gospel song
2: that was buried in my childhood memory banks. Mama used to pop that cassette into the tape deck of our Chevy Nova, because we were well before anybody ever dreamt of an iPod or even a CD. And the song would repeat as we made our way down the road. That song sounded like church, it sounded like my people. And when it soared into those rafters, I felt known. I felt reconciled. It was like my black working class family might actually have something to say about God that this fancy church could hear and even honor. It was like I was coming from the margins and welcomed at last to bring my whole heart, my story, my body into God's beloved community. Now, I don't tell you those stories or that story because I think everybody needs to be Episcopalian. I tell you because every Christian community does have a choice. Throw up the divisions and the walls declaring what we do and who we associate with. Identify ourselves as inside and somebody else as outside and then keep them from ever touching each other. Or you could be healers. You could be reconcilers. You could be boundary crossers like Jesus. You could let the Spirit of God breathe in you and through you and push you across every dividing wall you encounter so that you might discover the surprising holiness that's been sitting on the other side all along. Notice where God is knitting the human family together and then bring your knitting needles and get to work. Do it with your worship. Please keep connecting the evangelical and the liturgical, the fresh and the ancient. Do it with your community life, bridging races, sitting with some discomfort, honoring the wondrous ways that different cultures see and experience God. Do it with your leadership. Trust the voices and the wisdom of people who have been too often on the edge. I'm talking about women, youth, people of color, poor folk, all those edges. Do it with your outreach. Connect with people that other Christians would rather forget about. Former prisoners now coming back into community, Muslims. Immigrant children who need someone to accompany them to court in this city. Do it in your daily life. Please find the one whose faith or lack of faith most challenges you. And then let that person teach and bless you. Extend the love of God further and further. And in fact, I invite you right now to just stretch your arms and imagine that God's love is stretching through you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stretch them out. Imagine that this is the love of God extending further and further so far beyond your imagination, so far beyond your fear. Keep stretching, going to the edge, crossing over. Not for your own sake, not to be cool, but for the sake of the gospel. And when people around you get upset, because they will, we saw it in the Gospel of Luke, don't you dare stop. You keep your eyes on Jesus just up ahead on the road. You heal like him. You keep teaching and praying and sacrificing like him. You stay rooted in the dream, his dream of beloved community, no matter the risk. Trinity Grace, in the name of Christ, by the power of His Spirit, let's be that church.
3: Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Trinity Grace Church Tribeca podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. And please take time to rate and review. And of course, we couldn't do this without your support. So if you would like to make a donation, you can text TGC Tribeca to 77977. That's TGC Tribeca to 77977. And your support is very much appreciated. Grace and peace to you.